Troy Galloway is a construction manager and consultant, commercial and residential builder, and a certified inspector for all commercial and residential buildings. And now, here is About the House with Troy Galloway. Hello, folks. Welcome back to About the House. This is your humble host, Troy Galloway, owner of Galloway Building Services. Really tickled we have you back here to this today because we actually are coming and following up on our last show of fall tips. But a little bit about the house here first for those who are just coming on board and, and haven't really got a chance to listen to our shows yet. We are a audio university of knowledge of everything about your home. I mean, we talk about, we've talked about windows and doors and real estate and investing. If you want to know it, we talk about it. And if you have a subject matter you want to bring up and you want to learn more about, call us. We'll do, we'll try to get a show on it for you. And what's really awesome about this show is that because it's a, we call it a university library because it's a forever. You can get our podcast. You can get us on YouTube. Uh, you can check us out. I mean, we're out there on Twitter, Facebook, uh, all over the social media. And as we speak, I guess we found that there's some more of them social media sites we're trying to get on, learn how to get onto them too. So check us out about the house. I think you really will enjoy all of this. And I know some of you folks have been, and I got to say, forgive me, last week things came up and we didn't get it done. And I know some of you said, I got a hold of me, said, Troy, when are we going to get another show? <laughs> oh, sorry about that. So we're going to do one this week and we'll just catch back up next week and, and get us back on track again. So we will be able to keep you up to speed. And but anyway. Thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate it very much. Like I said, my name's Troy Galloway. I'm the owner of Galloway Building Services. We're a full-fledged construction building inspection company. What does that mean? Well, we don't, yes, everybody knows about home inspectors. We do, if you're buying or selling a home, we do that type of inspections too. We also do a construction inspection. So if you're buying a house uh, that's being built, you give us a call, or maybe you are uh, just getting a room addition built or a kitchen done, and uh, you want to make sure that the job is being done right. Maybe you don't think your contractor is doing it as you think it should be done or per contract. Well, you give us a call. We come in, help you mediate it. We also do expert witnessing. Now, heaven forbid we have to take this to court. But if you do, we're the company you go to. We're registered with the state of Missouri, uh, soon to be registered in other states as uh, pretty within the next few weeks. So, uh, you know, we are a final word on if it's being done right or not. I don't know everything, but if I but I do know the fellas that are, and the folks that do and like on our radio show, you'll hear a lot of the experts that we work with, you know, from asbestos to mold to uh, lead, everything. But anyway, I our motto of our company, just so you know, and if those of you that listen every week, you hear us, and that is we make sure the job is being done right. You're getting what you paid for and you're not getting ripped off. So check us out. Check us out on our uh, webpage, uh, www.gallowaybuildingservices, and or check us out on YouTube or Facebook or the other social medias. And uh, 
hey, come and enjoy. I think you'll really like it. But we are going to finish up with our fall tips that we was working on last week. And uh, we kind of was working last. Uh, we got up and we kind of run out of time because where we're trying to do this is that we're kind of in a place that we only get an hour of the studio room at a time. So we kind of bounced out of there. So we're going to do part two, and that's fall tips, how to get your home ready for the fall, help you so you don't get caught in any kind of you know cost issues or, or even worse, damage issues that could occur during this time of the year. Now, we got done pretty much with the outside of the home, and so we're going to kind of wander back in. And some of the things we did talk about, just to kind of give you, we talked about uh, on the exterior, we talked about uh, driveways and roofs and siding, cleaning your dryer vents. I cannot say that enough times. Make sure that them dryer vents are clean. Number one reason houses catch a fire every year is because, according to the fire district or department, is because of lint. Lint is a great fire starter. Oh, here's a tip. Take that lint out of your dryer. We put them in little to- our little toilet paper holders, that little cardboard holders, uh, stuff that full of lint, and you have a great fire starter for your barbecue, fireplace, whatnot. Well, if it does so great for that, well, heck, you know what it's going to do if your house, if it catches any kind of uh, heat or, or uh, flame or a flicker. Yeah, poof. Well, so cat, make sure. I just, I know, I beat that up a lot, but it's that important. Okay, we also touched base on decks and patios and porches. We also touched base on our AC units and, of course, our water hose disconnect. Uh, We all hear about it every year, but even myself, even my own family, we talk about it. We forgot, so one more time, hey, get out there and disc that before the hard freeze comes on in here. Take sure you got that water, your hose off of your spigots. If not, you're going to have a huge problem come springtime when you start turning it back on. So, also, we talked about dirt and electric so around your home. So, these are things you want to make sure that's all being taken care of. And we kind of finished up on windows to a certain extent here. So, uh, you know, I'm going to kind of just talk about that. We're going to go inside and talk about our windows. And then we'll just proceed as though we're just already caught back up. So, windows. Caulking and why, inside and out. Now, we want our caulking on the outside, as we talked about before, because we don't want moisture getting in behind the walls. Uh, So that is very, very important. But we also want to, it's extremely important, actually, uh, because this is where mold and moisture and and, and just termites issues and everything can come on board with that. But what you also want is to make sure you get the inside caulked, too around your perimeter, any kind of draft areas. Why do you want that? Is because that you want to make sure that you don't you don't get any kind of breezes coming through. You don't want any kind of uh, cold spots. You know, we don't want to create that chimney effect where we're sucking in the cold and releasing the heat. So you want to make sure that's being taken care of. Of course, broken glass. This, uh, make sure your glass, you know, naturally, if your glass is broke, you got an air leak, right? You know, common sense says that. So try to make sure that you get your glass. And, some, you know, a lot of times we just don't notice it during the summertime. Or, like most of us, we just put it off and put it off because it's not hurting anything at the time, we feel. So you want to make sure now's the time to get it done. Get it done. 
call a glazier, a glass replacement company. Don't need to get a new window if you got a broken glass. There's companies that literally will replace the glass, even double-pane and triple-pane windows, and they're going to be a heck of a lot cheaper. So make sure you do that. Also, screens. Now, why do I mention screens? Well, because this is a great time to get our screens taken care of. We've got torn screens, maybe hail damage or storm damage or, or limbs that flew through the air through a bad weather at one time or another. And during the winter time, myself especially, I know I'm one of the many that do, we love to take our screens out of the windows because we want to have that beautiful view. I have a wonderful home on the river, and I just love watching the wildlife and the sunsets and such. So I take them screens out because I'm no longer going to need that fresh air. I want it, but we're not getting any at that time of the year. So get them screens taken care of. Now, if you wanted to refix your screens yourself, there's some great handyman kits out there that you can get at your local hardware store, your Home Depot's, Lowe's. It's really, really simple, and it's very cheap. You know, you don't really cost very much to do it. And like I said, it's really simple. But if indeed you're one of them kind of people that you just don't want to do it yourself, or you don't have time, you know, you know, we're really busy folks, people out here, we don't have time. Well, take them down to your hardware stores, kind of like your True Values. I know a lot of them still do it, or Ace Hardware, or just, you know, your local hardware store. I don't know that uh, Home Depot's or Lowe's or anybody like that does that kind of thing. You might ask them, but uh, I really don't know. But get them screens taken care of, and then just stash your screens up in the garage or down in the basement or somewhere out of the way so they don't get tore up. And uh, that way you're ready for the spring and you're ready for fresh air. So great time to do it. Don't wait till you have to put them in. Do it now. So take sure you get that taken care of. So that's kind of all we're looking for, the windows at this particular time of the fall. Um, now we're going to kind of wander downstairs and get into the basement for folks that still have basements. And I know a lot of our listeners and uh, that, you know, because this show goes is now being all over the country. And uh, my friends down in the southern states or out in the western states, they don't necessarily have basements. But for us folks that got basements, these are some things that you really want to be looking at while you're there. Now, this is for whether you got a basement or not. But, hey, check your furnace. You know, this is a great time to look at it. Um, now, I'm, we talk about furnaces a little bit later, you know, uh, but we just, I, you know what? We're just going to jump ahead and we're just going to jump on the furnaces a little bit now. It's always best to have a professional company do the inspection. You know, somebody that's a local, somebody you might know, and have them do a furnace inspection. But if you're kind of the handyman kind of type, which this show really kind of helps out a lot, is that I want you to, there's some things that you can look for yourself. What is that? Well, naturally, you want your filter to be clean. Ooh, by the way, that's something I got to get done. I got to be checking on my filter. I need to make a note of that. <laughs> oh, we're all bad about that, aren't we? So anyway, so the filter, you want to make sure you change that. Uh, but open up your panel open up the furnace box where the fire where you can see that your fire uh, is inside of it and i want you i want you to look at to see if you see any rust uh rusting shows that we got some uh, condensation or some moisture issues could be con actually could be dripping down on some control panels i know i have a 90 percent efficient gas furnace at my office 
great system, uh, but I had a little leak. I didn't realize it. Even I, you know, I guess I would have realized it if I had listened to my own show, right? But I, so I didn't, and it just dripped a little bit. Uh, and then what happened is, is it got down under control panel. Well, of course, you know, naturally the furnaces or air conditioners, they never go out except whenever it's like super hot or super cold, right? So, and it did. It went out. And so I could have been way ahead and just all I needed to do was just tighten a, just my connection on my flue pipe going out. So you want to make sure. Also, I want you to turn your fire on, turn your furnace up. Look at the flames. If you have a you know eighty percent furnace, you could usually see your flames pretty well, and you're looking for more of your bluish tint. You know if you so if you got all if you got all orange, you know, and you've got any kind of issues, that's a, that could be a problem. Uh, you want to make sure that you don't. We're going to talk about more of how you know some safety issues when it comes to that a little bit further. Okay, now we're leaving out of our furnace. Let's jump over there and look at our basement walls. And you want to start seeing if you see any daylight through any of your windows. You want to see daylight in your windows, but not around your windows. You want to look and see if you, and I see this all the time in home inspections. Whereas that we got gaps on our band board or, or, you know, that's that where our rafters go into. You want to make sure that's all tight. Uh, you know, green energy uh, teaching is that we caulk all everything, caulk everything. Heck, you know, you can't get a, a, a cheaper form of insulation and save you the ton of money. Just cheap caulking. I'd recommend get a good caulking, but anything is better than nothing. So you want to make sure you get that taken care of. Yeah, now's the time to do it. No need to waste until you start losing money. So look for that. Also look for see if you got any cracks. You know, we've been through a season now of heating and cooling. And so you want to see if you got any cracks in your foundation that you just didn't see before. Move your stuff around. Kind of look behind the walls. You know, we're notorious for, you know, that's what our basements are for. We use them for storage. But look behind them things. Making sure you don't have any kind of seepage. Because if you start getting any kind of seepage, them cracks don't fix themselves. So get a hold of a good crack repair company. Uh, you know, actually, I've listened to our radio show. I had Rob Jackson come on there, the crack crew. Awesome company. Highly recommend them. Good, honest man. But there's a lot of great companies out there. But listen to what Rob has to say about these things and kind of educate yourself. Uh, he came on a couple of years ago on our show. Love to have him back. Hint, hint, Rob. If you're listening, I know you are. <laughs> Sorry for throwing you under the bus in front of everybody. But, hey, that's a good thing to be checking. Also, I want you to go to your sump pump. A lot of our homes have sump pumps and pits. The pit is where the water pump itself sits into, and it's just basically a hole with a plastic bucket. You know, a glorified plastic. Actually, I have literally, I've literally seen these things where there wasn't nothing but a five-gallon bucket and a pump sitting in them. It works works you know it doesn't have to be anything fancy but you want to make sure that your sump pump is working because you're going to start seeing some hydrostatic pressure that you might not be getting during the summertime you know uh, that's a different type but we get different kinds of rain and water and moisture so check on that making sure that you'd have that taken care that it's working how do you check your sump pump Real simple. You just reach down there. If it's got a float, you just pull up on the float. Better yet, why don't you just check out some of my YouTube videos? I got tons on there. 
uh, on that under Building Science, Galloway Building Services. Check that out, and uh, it's real simple to check. Make sure that that's turned on. Uh, make sure there's no leaks, you know, when it does turn on, because if it hasn't run for a while, sometimes when you turn them back on, they'll come out, you know, the joints or the seals will, you know, coming up out of your piping may leak. Take care of any kind of that. Also, we want to be looking, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but it's honestly, this is something that really is a great time to be taken care of, as animals and our rodents. You say, what? Rodents? Animals? Well, I can understand mice, but animals? Oh, yeah, animals. Because they're trying to find, they're not dumb. They're trying to find a place in a nice, warm, dry area. They can crawl into a crack or a crevice. You definitely will have it. You'll be in there. And uh, they don't necessarily hibernate. I Real quick story. I remember a customer. I was over there inspecting their house. And we heard the craziest noise at the other end of the house. We walked into the, oh, no kidding. We walked into the kitchen. Now, this was a little home in the country. And... On top of the wash machine, they had to wash your your laundry room was inside of the kitchen. Here, this was the nastiest looking animal you ever laid eyes on. At least inside your home, it was nasty. But it was a possum. Now, possums aren't necessarily bad animals. And I do think that they're great for the environment. I don't ever want to see one get hurt. But you don't want them in your house. So make sure that if you see any kind of droppings that are, you know, you know what I mean by droppings, uh, feces. You make sure that you see anything like that, you might want to get a hold of a professional and help get them out. Now, Noel Buckingham did a show with us. He can help you with that kind of stuff. And listen to what he's got to say. Great reference for you. And uh, But rodents, the mice are just piling in. Now, now mice, not only are they kind of, you know, they're, they're wonderful animals outside, not inside. They come in, the feces is not safe, and you don't want that around. Also, they chew on wire, they chew up your insulation, they make a mess. They're just trying to make a nest. Just let them make a nest over the neighbor's house. Not my house. We just move them on, move them on. So want to be looking for that. And, of course, and then we also want to be looking, so we talked about any kind of water leakage, but look for also moisture concerns. What do I mean by that? Is just anything that seems out of the ordinary that you might, well, you're down there and you're doing your your fall check. Just look around, see if you see any kind of leakage. Maybe you might have something there, you know, a little pin leak or something that you just didn't recognize coming out of one of your water pipes. So this is a great time to get that stuff taken care of. Uh, heaven forbid, we don't need to have more troubles come wintertime. So we're going to make sure this is all taken care of. And then uh, I always recommend, and I did a winter tip show here last year. We probably are going to do another winter tip one here later in the winter when it gets colder. Uh, but you want to insulate around your band boards, you know, where them the rafters. We talked about that, seeing any gaps, you know, caulking, insulation. You know, for, like I say, a few bucks going to save you tons of money. You're going, but you caulk them up. That's help keeping the animals out, keeps the moisture out, keeps the uh, the air out. Keeps the filth out, the dirt that comes sucking in. So make sure you get all that taken care of. Now, we want to go back and talk a little bit about weather stripping. Now we're kind of leaving the basement area. Unless you have a basement door that goes to the exterior, then this would also be included. 
and uh, weather stripping. You want to make sure that you're, we've got good weather stripping on your windows and at your doors. More on your doors than you do on your windows, but definitely on everything because you don't want to have any breezes coming through. Now, now, here's a little tip. Now, for you folks that got some of these doors and, uh, that have, you know, the threshold. The threshold is that little piece on the bottom uh, that the door come, rubs up on. And a lot of us on our better quality door will have like little, you know, it's a little piece of wood that looks like, and it's got screws in it. And, and maybe they got plugs over the screws, but either or. And what that is, is it's an adjustable threshold. So if your door is, you can see a daylight coming out. If you have that kind of weather threshold, you could just adjust it. And uh, came same with spring, you know, you might have to, which we'll talk about in spring tips too. But you want to make sure that that's all nice and snug. You don't want it to rub super, super tight, but you do want to make sure that it is airtight as much as possible. So I want to, that's a great tip. Don't have to cost you, don't cost you any money. So, but stand back. You know, and uh, here's a great tip. Come go turn off the lights at night. Have somebody walk around the exterior with a flashlight around your doors uh, from the outside with the flashlight shining in and see if you can see any kind of light coming through there. That's a good sign. There's also smoke sticks that you can get. We use that for green energy building uh, and tip, you know, for tightening it up, making sure that you're not got any kind of leak. So, you know, make sure we all got that nice and tight. All right, so we kind of got a lot of that kind of regular, simple stuff taken care of. But now we're going to kind of get into some nuts and bolts about different alarm systems. Now, we've had alarm systems, and and, and, and we've had alarm companies come on here and tell us some fabulous things. Now, these are more of your professional model type systems. What we're going to talk about is more of your do-it-yourselfer systems that we ourselves can take care of. And we hear it every year, right? Change your batteries out in your smoke detectors. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, some folks will say, well, my smoke alarm is wired, hardwired into the electrical system of the home. Yes, a lot of them are, especially our newer homes. But they also are battery backup. Why do they have a battery backup? It's because if the electric goes off, you still want to make sure, especially when the electric goes off, because you're probably improvising a little bit on trying to get some heat in your home. So you want to make sure that you get them batteries changed. You know, and that we always hear that every year. Great idea. But we want to talk a little bit about smoke detectors. Because I've been, I get this question a lot. And uh, some of us, you know, like myself, I love to cook. Uh, so we kind of, and in kitchens, we seem like we have a lot of trouble with our smoke alarms. Is it because it's a smoke alarm that's faulty? Honestly, that's really not it. I used to think that years ago, but I discovered when I started researching alarms, that's not the, so much the problem with that. I'm not going to say a bad one won't be cause you trouble because that's not the case. But we got different kinds of smoke alarms. And we really do need to use the combination of the different ones in different areas because of their application. So we'll just talk a little bit about the different types of them. Uh, and, uh, you know, what do we got as our smoke alarm around our kitchens? We, there's, we got to, we, well, we don't want one that just pops at the slightest little bit of fire, heat, whatever going on. 
Because what happens is, is that we, we all do it. I've been guilty of it myself. And that is we go, we get mad at the stupid detector, we take it off the wall, or we take the bat or take it or take it down, we pull the battery out. And of course, you know, naturally we forget. We eat our dinner, we forget, and next thing you know, we are unprotected in a very vulnerable part of the house. Our kitchens. Take a pen and paper because you're going to want to know this. This is important. There are two. Di- there's all kinds of different types of smoke alarms, from commercial to residential to you know computerized. But these we're just talking of the simpler ones here. And there's ionization and photoelectric type of systems. Now, an ionization system. Well, this there actually it's the kind that responds more quickly to flaming fires and smaller combustible products. You know, like paper burning, or maybe you got a little bit of something, you know, on the stove that got hot or something, you know. It just, but what it does is it's kind of picks, it, actually what it does, it picks up the heat. I'm not going to get into the real knit and gritty of it, though, as a construction nerd. And if you're a construction nerd like me, you'll love to read about it. But it's really a little tiny, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's got radio... I shouldn't even say that, it's, it, but it does. It has a little tiny bit of radioactive material in it. And when it gets disturbed with the slightest amount of atoms that are being, you know, when anything gets, air gets heated up, the electrons start moving crazy. And when it does, that's what it picks up. So it's really not picking up a fire, though it is, but it's more picking up the heated air that's gotten changed, even ever so lightly. Well, ionization uh, smoke alarms are not what we want in our kitchen. Now, tip one, let's keep our smoke alarms about 10 feet away from the kitchen, around away from the stove. That's the first rule of thumb. The second one is, is let's not use that type of smoke alarm. Why do we use them kind of smoke alarms? Well, if you're like me, you went down there or your wife went down to the store and you need a smoke alarm and she got what she thought was the best, just like I have. And, but and it, hey, got a great price. Well, ionization type smoke alarms are the cheapest of the smoke alarm systems. So that's why we end up buying them kind of systems because they are cheaper. We're not knowing any better, you know. Well, how do you know? If it's an ionization, well, it will be labeled with an I, the letter I, and that says that that's that type of smoke detector. That's the great way of finding out. Now, there's the other type of smoke detector, the photoelectric smoke detector. Now, these are now these are fabulous in their areas. And not so much in other areas like the ionization. I'd want that put into areas that, you know, like around your furnace or something like that, that, you know, maybe that would, you don't want to have a fire jump out at you. Uh, but, you know, and then that's a question. Ask your fire department, get their rules and regulations or their codes. I do not want to be stepping on anybody's codes here today. Necessarily, codes don't always have to make sense, but they're the rule of the land, so that's what you follow regardless. But the photoelectric smoke detector. Now, these guys, these guys here, they're, they're more responsible for fires that begin with long periods of smoldering. Well, such as cigarette burning in the couch or bedding, 
you know, and they 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 will be like in your garage. Maybe you might have some old oily rags, which is a no no, but you know it happens. Uh, you know, we want to make sure they, they where something maybe just smolder for a few days or a box of papers. You know, so photoelectric smoke detectors are fabulous. They are a must for these type of areas. And how do you know if you got a photoelectric smoke detector? It's labeled with a P. <laughs> yeah. So I for ionization, P for photoelectric. So that's how you know. Now, we want to actually think about it, put these different smoke detectors in our homes, you know, and put them in the right spots that will actually help us out in a case of uh, we need them. This is the, we have a, more home fires during the wintertime than we ever do during the summertime. Not that houses don't catch a fire in the summer, but we definitely have more in the winter. So you want to make sure that you have these taken care of. Your batteries are up. You located them by your bedrooms. Um, yeah, definitely by your bedrooms. Now, some codes say out there that you want them at three foot from every doorway. So if you have a doors in your hallway where your bedrooms go to, one in the hallway. Some municipal municipalities will say you want them in each bedroom. I say as cheap as these things are, to save in your life, I think you should have them in your bedrooms. I think you should have them in your hallways. You should definitely have them in your basements. You should have them in your garages. You should have them. Uh, it doesn't hurt to have too many. I mean, you could buy a box of six or seven of them for 25 to $35. What's your life worth? So think about that. Uh, change out them batteries. Test them. Go around. There's a little button on them. I know. I know they're obnoxious. They hurt your ears. The, the dogs, they take off squealing. Uh, they're obnoxious, but they got to be to get your attention. So test them. Push the button. Make sure they're working. Batteries or no batteries. Change the batteries out regardless, but just in case it's uh, you got it's just not working. Something. They just go old like everything. They go bad. All righty. Well, that is enough for smoke detectors. Let's kind of move on into another arena. It's carbon monoxide detectors. Now, this is a big this is a big killer, and it definitely causes a lot of hurt and, and harm. Carbon monoxide. It's an odorless, colorless, tasteless gas that is it's, it's a dang gum near impossible to ever identify without the proper detector. Actually. The way, if you don't have a detector, how you're going to find out is, is you're going to have symptoms of carbon monoxide poisoning, like headaches, dizziness, nausea, weakness, and confusion. And uh, there's no need to go there. And if you're a small child, you, you could actually really damage, you know, the brain of the little children or your pets. So, you know, let's not let it get there. I used to, you know, not be a big believer in the carbon monoxide detectors when they first came out because I didn't think that they were that necessary. But, you know, the more I learn about it, the more I know that they definitely are. You know, what, how carbon monoxide is actually comes about is caused by fuels not burning completely. And this, this actually this includes wood or gasoline. Some folks still use coal, propane, natural gas. Heating oil, a lot of our places in this country still uses all these above. And this is with the unburnt fuel. 
Now, uh, it can even come from anything like your clothes dryers and your water heaters. Clothes dryers still have dry, they still have some clothes dryers out there that are gas uh, operated, and water heaters, ovens to your ranges, fire burning fireplaces, or even your car left running in a closed garage. Well, you know, because we all, I guess we already kind of know that, sadly. But these are the what you can do. You know, these are areas that this could happen in. And, uh, you know, according to the Centers of Disease Control, we have over 400 Americans die, not just get sick, die from carbon monoxide poisoning every year. That's not that's not how many animals maybe even are dying, just people, adults. So we're locked into our houses. So we want to make sure that we get a carbon monoxide detector. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So what if you have a carbon monoxide detector and the detector goes off? Well, first, don't panic. Not like the end of the world, you know, uh, but don't panic. Gather everybody in your house and move outside so you can get some fresh air. Open up your windows, you know, and your doors. Leave them open. Survey, you know, everybody's health, seeing if anybody's been having any kind of flu-like symptoms that could suggest they've been poisoning. And then if so, then, you you know, and but, and then if so, take them to the hospital, tell them what's happening. Call 911. They'll send the fire department out and they'll come out there and check to make sure that it's all right. Because the reason I say don't panic, I, I almost hate to say this because I don't want to mislead you folks in any manner, but... I was told by the fire district uh, and by more than one fire district that some of these carbon monoxide detectors, they have a very short life expectancy. They falsely go off all the time. They've had a lot of troubles with these, especially the older ones. So we want to make sure that, you know, you, that you replace them on a regular basis. They're cheap enough to have done. A lot of times they're built into our smoke alarms, so you can actually just replace them both. You want to make sure that that's really taken care of. A, it's better to have a false alarm than no alarm. Oh, is that important? Well, where should I place my carbon monoxide detector? Now, this is something we've all talked about a lot. And I just said this just a minute ago about a lot of times our carbon monoxide detectors are actually built into our smoke alarms. But first, I'm going to say this. You've got to follow the codes. Your local codes of the municipality doesn't make any difference if it makes sense or not. At least minimum, put it where the codes are. That's an absolute. Another will play. You know, want to make sure do do some research. Hey, contact the National Fire Protection Agency, the NFPA. They tell you themselves carbon monoxide detectors should be installed all throughout the whole home, outside of your doors of your sleeping areas. On each floor of your home. Also, where it's required, I'd also put them in the basement. Fire departments recommend carbon monoxide. This is the fire officials. This isn't Troy saying this. Uh, They recommend that carbon monoxide detectors are installed near ground level. And uh, even though you have them up in your smoke alarm, okay, leave them there. That's good. It's probably code. But carbon monoxide is heavier than air, and it sinks to the ground. Carbon monoxide poison is more common during the winter months, and the fire officials encourage you to be diligent about safe use of heating and cooking elements in your home. And that includes operating like any kind outdoors, keeping it away from windows and doors. You know, so what if you don't, what do you say, Troy, I don't have any gas-fired appliances. I'm, I'm all electric home. Well, that's awesome. 
for that's concerned, of course, a lot of us love our natural gas. Oh, by the way, here's a, a, a something has nothing to do with this. The majority of our electricity now is no longer being produced by coal, but it's actually being produced by natural gas. So natural gas is a fabulous product. We should not do anything to say anything negative about that at this time, uh, regardless. And it, uh, so let's move on. So if you're outside and you have all electric home, and you're outside and you're, say, you're barbecuing, you know, with your gas grill or, or, or anything cooking like that out there, or you have a heater out in your garage that maybe you put into a propane tank or something, then you want – this is either whether you're cooking with natural gas or you're, you're out there barbecuing with your barbecue bricks. Uh, you don't – if you ground any kind of openings like your – like I said, your dryer vent or any kind of doors maybe got – you know, hopefully you we listened to the first part of the show and we got the, everything buttoned up. But chances are, you know, we didn't get everything. So when, that's a great place to make sure that we have our carbon monoxide. Great reason – to have our carbon monoxides installed, detectors installed. And like I said, check the National Fire Protection Association for more tips on uh, preventing carbon monoxide poisoning. I'll just leave it to the professionals, but really awesome. Now, here's one that I know most folks ain't really have not really ever ta- really thought about. And uh, this is the last of our detectors uh, that we're going to be speaking of. And that's your water leak detector. You say, what? Water leak? Yep, water leak. Why? Well, we got freezing going on, and then we get thawing going on, and you know what happens to our water pipes when we get freezing. They have a tendency to, you know, to crack, break, leak, and then you got problems. We have these all over. We have them in the basements. We have them under our sinks. We have water going to our garage. I'm going to give you two real quick stories here of what has happened to people. Now, you can get do-it-yourself systems, or you can get to professional systems. Actually, they both have awesome reasons for using them. Both of these, now one of these I'm going to tell you about, it didn't, it did, they folks didn't have any system. And he had a water leak break in his garage. He had an insulated garage. He had a heated garage. But it wasn't enough. It got super, super cold, and it cracked. And he, the guy called me up. He said, I need you to come over here right away. I got a problem. Take a look. I don't know what's happening. Uh, so he called me up. I went over there, took a look at, oh, that water line had busted. And how they knew, the neighbors had called him and told him he was out of town. He was out uh, traveling uh, somewhere for work or something. And the water was running out from underneath the garage door. And, of course, it was a big sheet of ice out there. So we were able to get that taken care of. But here's another one. They had a construction guy who was doing some work, replacing their deck. And I know the person listening to this show right now, he said, oh, don't give him my name. Don't give him my name. And I won't. I won't tell on you, Jason. So anyway, he had this construction guy out there to replace his deck. He tore off the deck, off his house. He stuck some insulation in the bandboard area. But a big breeze come through. It's kind of like heavy winds. And of course, you know you got warm air, cold air. You're gonna get you're gonna get that natural chimney effect to suck that insulation right out of there, and just let all this cold air right in this guy's basement. Well, this fellow was out of town. He was out of the country, and he happened to have one of them systems. This is why I'm mentioning this because we're gonna go back to a do-it-yourself or one. But it was it was on his internet or his phone. 
Now, you listen to our past radio shows because we talk about that with a couple of different companies that specialize in that kind of stuff. But that will say they, he contacted – he was contacted and literally – trouble was is he didn't get contacted until it was a mess. And by the time we got anybody over there, I mean, we lost thousands of gallons of water in the basement and it was a completely finished basement. It only thing that saved that basement from filling up is it was literally a walkout basement. When water was coming out the doors, coming out underneath the siding, it was. Check out my videos. I actually got pictures of this. Uh, I even got uh, ProClean came in and helped us out and uh, cleaned it all up, did remediation. Troy Alexer, who was also on our radio show, he came in and turned off the power and got us some temporary taken care of of data systems. Great company, great guy. Uh, so he, he say he helped save the day. He come out there on emergency, but okay. So that happens them. But what if you know? What if we don't want to spend all that kind of money? And we're mostly around our home. Well, let's get some do-it-yourselfer ones. You can buy these things right off the internet, and they're just little sensors, and they pick up the slightest little bit of type of kind of any kind of water leakage, a loss of pressure. That's normally, you know, uh, there's a difference of turning on your faucet and there's also a kind of pressure loss of a leak going on. These are great to have no matter if you're worried about having a problem from freezing just because maybe you got a water line that's old and decided to go. I'm going to tell you what, folks, for for what little bit they cost and the thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that could be damaged, you know, from this, it's really worth doing. And they're just, they sit right on the water line. They're real simple. I mean, anybody can install it, you know, they're just that simple and they're worth every penny of it. Actually, I have them all through my house. I got them underneath the sinks. Because I don't, if I get a water leak underneath my sink, I don't want to have my cabinet and everything destroyed. Great spot for them in your kitchen sinks, in your basements, uh, bathrooms, vanities, in water supply lines coming in. So, folks, this is really, really a great idea. Freezing and thawing uh, issues we're having during wintertime. So, this is a great fall tip. Well, these are just a few of our tips. You know, check out our newsletter, uh, subscribed to our newsletter, at GallowayBuildingServices.com, and we will help put you on the newsletter list. We always have these different tips out here and all kinds of great how-to information, so that will help you. Also, too, if you say, hey, check out our webpage, check out our, 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 our YouTube videos. When you check out our YouTube videos, hit subscribe, hit follow, hit the alarm bell. You know, that way you can be up to date on all this information. I usually put these things out all the time, all kinds of tips. I don't sell anything on these. These are just how to save you a ton of money, a ton of how-to ideas, just like this radio show here. It's just about knowledge about your home. So take your time, do a few tips, a few little bit of money, a little bit of time. It's going to allow you to enjoy your winter and best peace that we can have. Also, let me finish up with a couple of other things here. I did want to mention this. Another great time of the year is to do an infrared thermal imaging testing. Now, that's kind of not so much in the fall, but when it gets a little bit colder, but instead of waiting till the middle of the winter till it's already lost a lot of money, we do thermal imaging testing. That tells us where we have any kind of moisture issues coming into the home. 
Also tells us any kind of heat loss that's coming in or out of the home, and I'll do this for you. And I know folks have taken advantage of this great opportunity before. Every tenth person that contacts me, either through my web page or through my Facebook or however, I will award you a free thermal imaging test. Now, normally that's a two hundred dollar it cost. It's absolutely for free for just for just saying, hey, I heard your offer on the radio show. I want to take advantage of that. I want to save some money. So do that, folks, and uh, let's help you out. Hope you enjoy your winter. And as I walk out of here, I want to finish up with one last thing here. Today is November 10th, the Marine Corps birthday. And to all my jarhead buddies out there, including myself, I'm an old Marine myself, Vietnam vet. Hats off to all the jarheads. You know a Marine, say hi. We are the world's finest fighting military machine that's ever been in history. The men and the women are, are truly dedicated and really, truly love this country. Man, we could use a little bit of love in this country right now. So, folks, thank you for listening to our radio show. Please feel free to give me a call. Got Troy Galloway at Galloway Building Services. I'm going to give you two different phone numbers. My cell phone number. Now, don't tell nobody this. This is just between you and me. Because I can't, because uh, I don't, it's not always open. My personal cell phone, 314-520-6655. That's 314-520-6655. And the office number, and one of the ladies at the, uh, in the office will answer. And uh, they're very, they may be mean to me, but they'll be extra sweet to you. And you just tell them that you heard us on the radio show here. And that number, whether you need an inspection or you just need ideas or you just need some recommendations, is 636-394-3112. That's 636-394-3112, Galloway Building Services. And may you all have a blessed day and, a, and have fun in doing these wonderful tips and save a ton of money. And if you're the wife... It'll go into the honey-do list. Hint, hint, nod, nod. Bye-bye. Catch you later. See you next time. Sponsored by Troy Galloway and Galloway Building Services. Your top choice for professional home inspections in the St. Louis area. GallowayBuildingServices.com. Bye-bye.